0: All right, guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Tricky Takes podcast. Uh, we are back again uh, just uh, right after the first round of bye weeks in the NFL. Uh, fantasy, or MLB baseball postseason is well underway now. We're getting ready, and next week we'll cover a lot of the uh, championship series and preview World Series potentials. Uh, but this week we're going to stick mostly to football. and uh, And one of, I know, our favorite segments from last year, we have Dr. Freezy back to give us our first rookie checkup of the season. So, doctor, why don't you uh, tell us what these rookies are suffering from?
1: Thank you very much. I'm very excited. This was definitely um, a personal favorite of mine, and I know a lot of people enjoyed this segment, so I'm happy to bring it back. I, I really – there's just I, – I, I take my time, and I, I really carefully um, diagnose these rookies with their ailments – and uh, this year I decided to go um, by positions. So we're going to start with quarterbacks and I'm, I'm not going to hit on every single rookie. Obviously we don't have time for that. I'm just going to pick the ones that I think I have something to, to say about. So uh, Bryce young first overall draft pick um, when he came in for his checkup, I noticed immediately he was suffering from, I mean, right now he's got a pneumothorax. And if you don't know what that is, that is the technical term. Uh, for a collapsed Bryce lung. The symptoms of his collapsed Bryce lung are the pocket is always collapsing. And he is not having ample enough time to throw the ball. And he's under a lot of stress right after the snap. His outlook for the season, not great. The line, I think, is ranked bottom five, according to PFF on their pass blocking i don't see it getting much better and his weapons while are fine are not great so i kind of see him staying around what he's been maybe slight improvement as the season goes on but definitely not someone i would recommend going and picking up in in your fantasy leagues
0: yeah he's more of a long-term option fantasy wise i think right now the development potential is there but I agree. He's got to have more time. He's also short. Um, he is short. He is short.
2: I feel like that plays a factor, but yeah, the weapons, uh, just haven't been what they need to be for him to be uber successful early on in his career. The offensive line is a big part
1: of that. Okay, so next we're gonna move on to a a standout, C.J. Stroud. And, man, I really did some digging on him. I ran so many tests. And the only thing that came back is he said he was having some chest pain. So I did an x-ray on his chest, and it came back positive for that dog in him.
0: He got that dog.
1: (laughs) The symptoms include being an absolute stud and being potential rookie of the year. His outlook is potential rookie of the year.
0: It's hard to argue with that. I mean, the turnaround that we're seeing from Texas, their draft was so amazing for them. Mm -hmm. And they really hit every piece that they needed to, to kind of start that franchise turnaround that we've been hearing about. I mean, even while Deshaun was there, we kind of heard that they were needing to kind of revitalize it, turn it around, do a little bit of a rebuild. And I think now we're finally seeing those pieces starting to come together. It's really good to see. And this is great for
2: D'Amico rides as well, because he can be the coach that breaks the curse now in Houston and, uh, last more than one season.
1: Yeah. They need one. Yes. Uh, so next, this one, um, was very easy for me to diagnose. Um, some doctors had already done it for me. Anthony Richardson, uh, currently has an AC joint sprain, uh, and he's going on IR. <laughs> this is, um, uh, <laughs> I just kind of plagiarized this from the actual team doctors. <laughs> and uh yeah, he's he's it's gonna be rough. I mean, his a shoulder injury is not an easy one to deal with for a quarterback, and it might impact him all season. He's definitely gonna be out at least four weeks, if not, you know, maybe five, six.
0: I don't see any reason to rush him back either. I mean, the Colts are not going to really be fighting for a playoff spot. I think it might be better if they lose more games so they can add more around, you know, what they've already kind of started getting in place there. But, I mean, the, the re-signing of JT is going to help a lot. It's going to take a lot of the load off of him having to run the ball, which should lessen some of the injury risk whenever he comes back. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's still going to be out there. He's still going to be taking a lot of hits on the rushes where he's trying to extend it. So this is just going to be something that the Colts have to watch out for.
1: So uh, we're going to move on to the running back position. I didn't, there weren't too many running backs that I actually had um, a diagnosis for, but I'm going to start off with obviously the the best, you know, the, the highest picked running back by John Robinson. Uh, he's suffering. He's got a little bit of, you know, it's, it's fall season. There's pollen in the air and he's got some Tyler allergies, Tyler Algier is having almost 12 and a half carries per game and that's eating into the total volume that Robinson could have, but it's still really solid volume, especially for a rookie. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, he's currently a top 10 running back fantasy wise. I, I think he's going to stay a top 10 running back for the rest of the season. I don't necessarily see him jumping up and being like number one, but I really like where he's at.
0: Yeah, you definitely hate it fantasy value wise for this year. But I mean, you can already see how dynamic he is, how explosive he's going to be. And I think it's smart that, you know, Coach Art Smith is not just running him dry, ragged already. He's kind of using both of them because they're both really good, young, dynamic guys. Uh, obviously, Bijan is a step above Tyler Algier, but Algier had a great season last year. There's no reason not to use both of them.
2: You know, Doc, as a guy that's real familiar with Tyler Algier's <laughs> yes. Tyler allergies, you know, all summer, you know, they're coming this time of year. And yep. you know, there's not really anything you can do to prevent it.
1: You just got to hold on.
2: You just got to hold on, man. You know, it's coming. You got to win the mental battle and uh you know later in the year it kind of clears up and you'll pull through so uh
1: yeah but i mean this this problem could be away during the winter once uh you know the pollen settles um we're gonna move on to jameer gibbs and you know they're not all winners both you know, fantasy draft picks, NFL draft picks, and diagnosis. And I apologize, but I mean he's suffering from David montgomery Uh I know. He's it's rough. Uh he's getting he's just getting no carries. David Montgomery is just the workhorse back. And Gibbs is being used as like a change of pace back and it's just not great. I mean, he's looking pretty okay doing it. So I think long-term he's going to be all right. But I mean, at least the rest of this season, eh, I mean, he's he's just not going to get the opportunity to, to be a fruitful player.
0: I mean, look, when you've got the hot hand, you got the hot hand and, that that's where they're gonna be. Dan Campbell is always gonna feed the hot hand. That's where you gotta go. I mean, I, I have no problem with it because the Lions are doing so well with what they've got. And yeah, like like you said, you hate to see a high draft pick, a high fantasy pick, but also like he does have the long-term value there that you want to see out of him. It's just Dan Campbell is all about winning. And that's what the Lions are doing, and they're doing it through David Montgomery pounding the rock, you know, 16, 17 times a game and doing it successfully. So why would they stop that?
2: Yeah, he's got whatever DeAndre Swift had last year. Yeah. Pretty sure it's a little different. It's just taking a new form now. So, uh...
1: um, We're going to move on to Devon Achan, who, again, I kind of uh, stole this one from the team doctors down in Miami. Uh, he's He's got a knee injury. Um, they didn't specify it, so I did my own research here. And, uh, I think likely this is a meniscus or an MCL sprain, uh, or tear from what I've seen in, uh, the community of, of doctors who have looked at, you know, the mechanism that caused the injury and things like that. And if that is the case, it could be, you know, any range of severity from he'll be back in four weeks and he'll be fine after he gets off IR, or it could be a legitimate season long injury. And it could be one of those things that really hurts explosiveness and lateral cutting ability, which, I mean, that's what he relies on as a player. So I would be a little bit scared and reluctant to count on him rest of season until we see him back, whether it be four or five or six weeks from now looking like he did pre injury.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think we all mentioned it at some point or another with his size and being so small you hit it on the head. Like his explosiveness is what he needs to be effective, and we've seen that the the last couple of weeks before he got hurt, and now with this, uh, you're there is absolutely cause for concern. Uh, and like you said, we're just gonna have to wait and see. It's kind of a guessing game of you know what he what player is he going to be when he gets back. Is he going to be you know who we've seen, or is he going to have to be a a bit more slow and methodical with his movement? So uh there's a lot of question marks surrounding this one for sure.
1: Okay. We're going to move on to the wide receiver position. And uh, we're going to start with the uh, first drafted receiver in this draft class, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Everybody thought he was, you know, the most NFL ready receiver, but he has not performed. And to me, at least it looks like he's suffering from 12 personality disorder. Um, a.k.a. the Seahawks are lining up in 12 personnel all the time, which means he's the one getting knocked out because DK and Tyler Lockett are not going anywhere. So with all the 12 personnel they're running, Jackson Smith and Jigman is just not seeing the field a whole lot. If they were going to, you know, if they was like Kansas City offense or something where they were running um, with a whole bunch of wide receivers all the time. I think he'd be out there and he'd be more productive, but he's he's really not looked bad. Um, I test, he looks fine. So, I, I mean, I, I just think until the scheme changes or he beats out Tyler Lockett, it, which I don't see happening this year, I, I honestly don't even know. I don't know Tyler Lockett's contract situation, but I mean, Tyler Lockett's still a very good wide receiver. So I wouldn't bank on him right now. Um, we got a a bunch of wide receivers I'm going to kind of go through. Um, Just stop me if if you have anything to add. We're going to move on quickly to Jordan Addison. Uh, He suffers from KJ osteoporosis, a.k.a. uh, he's just currently fighting for targets with KJ Osborne. And now that Justin Jefferson's down for at least four weeks due to going on IR, he will get a chance to really shine and... As someone who was really high on Jordan Addison pre-draft, I have not loved what I've seen from him. He still shows some of the reasons he won the the Bolitnikoff award a few years ago, but it's just his game fully hasn't translated. As most wide receivers don't immediately translate into the NFL. So I like his outlook especially if Justin Jefferson's gone. Um, But even if Justin Jefferson comes back, I'm not the biggest KJ Osborne fan. So I think he could beat him out by the end of the year. Um, Next, we're going to move on to one of Connor's favorite players, Quentin Johnston. He's suffering. Ah, This is, this one's rough. And I want to say this. I should have prefaced this before I I started going through all these. These are all meant to be extremely (laughs) lighthearted. So, uh, Quentin Johnson suffers from Josh Paul's Alzheimer's, um, and it's not the worst one. Uh, oh, yes, God. Paul. Uh, yes, Paul. Listen, I, my grandfather died from Alzheimer's. I is a very serious thing. I, I don't, I don't joke about it lightly. Like these are all, uh, you know, Okay, whatever. Um. So the symptoms that he's having is just not seeing the field much because Josh Palmer is getting all the reps and I am the biggest Josh Palmer hater. I think Josh Palmer is not a starting wide receiver in the NFL. Like I don't think he is that caliber of player, but um I can't really blame him for <laughs> the coach Staley for putting him above QJ right now. QJ's looked really bad um in the time he's been out there. So, Maybe with Mike Williams, he starts to slowly carve out a role. But until he starts playing better, I I just don't see it happening this year.
0: Yeah, quite a few drops from the guy. It's been very disappointing to watch.
1: (laughs) Zay Flowers. Do you have a Down Syndrome one in here? He's suffering from Touchdown (laughs) Syndrome. (laughs) Uh, but Zay Flowers has not scored a touchdown all year and the lack of it has really hurt his fantasy output, but it's, it's all there to everything to see some positive touchdown regression is, is expected. He's getting a lot of looks, he's being used in a lot of fun ways. He's seeing a lot of screen passes, which obviously aren't going to you know, get you in the, in the end zone a bunch, but. Um, he's also being used on a lot of big boy routes, you know, as they call them, you know, your posts, your corners, your digs, all those kind of more advanced routes on the route tree. He's not just like screen pass nine route. So I think he's going to see some positive touchdown regression. And I mean, he by the end of the year could be a solid wide receiver too in your fantasy leagues. I He's he's a buy for me if you're talking about if the players are buy and sell.
0: Yeah. And it's not black. I mean, he had that. Drop past this past weekend against the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lack of opportunity for him there. I mean, I think that he's clearly been the second best receiver on that team behind Mark Andrews, yeah, the best option for Lamar so far. I mean, Odell just hadn't seemed to be quite what we thought. Rashad Bateman still kind of stumbling out the gates and uh, is what is the second or third season now. Or so Devin Duvernay is, you know, a non factor. So it's he's got all the potential and the opportunity there to regress heavily away from where he's at now.
1: Okay. We're gonna move on to Jonathan Mango. This is a fun one. Uh he's got Adam Thielime disease. uh uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Uh, Adam Thielen is looking very good. <laughs> Uh, I wrote down Adam Thielen is like a sham wow soaking up targets. Um I don't know if our audience our audience probably remembers the sham wow commercials. Those were top tier infomercial back in the day. Uh but yeah, Adam you sham-
2: had one? Sham wow, yeah.
1: Really? Uh huh. <laughs> you had all the info you had the one of the food yeah. balls. Yeah, Billy was an infomercial kid.
2: I had a shake weight.
0: Yeah. yeah I remember that
1: too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen is just an absolute target hog in Carolina. And I think Mingo looks pretty good. He's another guy, you know, talk about the eye test. I think he looks fine, but it's just tough for him when there's only so much volume going around in that not very good Panthers passing game right now. And, and Thielen is getting the bulk of it. So, I mean, Thielen's an older receiver. By end of the season, he might be dealing with some some tweaks and some nicks, and, and his, he might just not be able to sustain that long, and and Mingo might be able to, to take over some more end of season, but I wouldn't bank too much on this Panthers offense this year.
2: Well, when your quarterback already has an uh, ailment that we've already listed, mm-hmm. you know, your
0: receivers are going to... Yeah. That, yeah, they're they're definitely going to struggle because of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, quarterback with a collapsed Bryce Long and, and you know receiver with the Lyme disease. Not a great combo. Uh, but we're going to move on to a much brighter spot. Uh Puka Nakua. And uh he's come down with a little sickness. Uh he's got him on ya. Uh the symptoms involve uh being him he is my other candidate right now for Rookie of the Year. I think the race right now offensively is down between C.J. Stroud and Puka Nakua. Maybe you see Bijan Robinson take off late in the year and and steal away from one of those two. But, I mean, right now it's one of those two for me.
0: Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, the records that Puka is breaking so far – it was it most receptions in first five games, most yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, most hard. I mean, it's just all sorts of crazy stuff that he's doing on the field. And I mean, with Cooper Cup coming back, you know, we might see a little bit of it slowed down, but everything no. that he's done so far, if he can even keep up 80% of that production level, I think that it's going to be a very close race
1: absolutely. And I was originally looking at him and and I I thought he might have some Cooper cup related ailment or disease, but uh, it turns out uh, looks good on my end. I I don't think Cooper cup coming back is going to hurt him. Um, So we're going to move on to another rookie receiver. Who's having a pretty good beginning to their career. And that's tank Dell. He, unlike Puka does have an ailment and that would be Nico Collinsomnia. Uh basically what that means is Nico Collins has had a breakout year and he's going to be the number 1 target in this offense. Tank Dell has the opportunity to be the number 2 though. Right now he's the number 3. I think Robert Woods would ha- would be the the number 2. But I think Tank is Honestly, at this point, slightly better than Robert Woods, although Robert Woods still is a good player. I think by the end of the year, you could see Tank kind of overtake him and be the number two on this team, in which case, he's going to be really nice to have. I think he's another guy you can um might be able to count on late in the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, Bobby Trees is, what, 32 now? Mm-hmm. So I mean he's he's up there in age for any NFL player, and Tank Dell has looked good. So it'll be interesting to see how the season shakes out for you know those two down the stretch.
2: Yeah, big Tank Dell guy. Got him in our dynasty league, so
1: I like him. Last receiver here, we're going to talk about, and this is one of my favorites, Michael Wilson. He does have a problem right now with Josh Dobb binge eating uh and i think this one fits perfectly because all of his fantasy points came in one week where he just binged and had a two touchdown game and scored all of his fantasy points and i think that's basically the outlook for this season for him is he's going to have some big weeks where he really explodes but he's not going to be reliable
0: yeah very much boomer bust and i think that's more to do with the Arizona offense as a whole, it really seems to be going through, you know, Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz and James Connor. And that's kind of it. Josh Dobbins is doing good at creating what offense he can in that system, but the pieces as a whole just aren't there to get the entire cast, uh, a lot of touches.
2: Yeah. I think Marquise Brown is the guy a lot of people forgot about in uh you know, him coming back and, and playing well early on has, you know, kind of hampered Michael Wilson a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hollywood is someone who I kind of anticipated not being, lot looking as good as he does right now. So that's that hurts the Michael Wilson train, but uh, a really good player for like if you got him in a best ball league, because he's going to have a couple of those binge eating weeks where he, you know, scores 25, 30 points. Uh, let's, let's let's move on to the tight end. My last three players here. Um Dalton Kincaid's the first person I went with, and he's got chicken knocks. Um Dalton Knox is still currently the tight end one on the team. But the positive is the positive is Dalton Kincaid is not just used you know, lined up as an inline tight end. He's split out wide and in and, and the slot a lot. So I think he's still usable and still going to produce. It's just not at the level he can and will in the future when he doesn't have to worry about his current case of chicken knocks. Um, this is another player who has just been absolutely on fire this season. Sam Laporta. Uh, he's got strep goat. He currently is tight end one in fantasy football, and he is playing like it. This is no fluke. He looks like the best tight end in the league. Um, I don't think that'll sustain because Travis Kelsey has been you know dealing with some injury early on, and I I think obviously Laporte is not the best tight end in the league, but the opportunity he's had early in the season is tremendous. And I think even with Jamison Williams coming back, he's still you know a top three guy.
0: Yeah, I was super happy to get him in the dynasty. Uh, I think just the situation, and especially them having relied so heavily on T.J. Hawkinson before they traded him away, and now bringing him in, who's a very similar style player, uh, just kind of perfect scheme fit, and he he just kind of fit in there very seamlessly. So it, it was just a Great move all the way around for the Lions, and they're using him to perfection. I mean, it's just a match made in heaven.
1: All right. And my last player that I uh, brought into my office today was Luke Musgrave, and he's got shortness of depth. He's had less than nine yards per target this season, which is not good. But if this is going to be his like permanent role, I think as he develops a little bit more, he's going to be successful because he is a guy who I think can be a really successful yards after catch tight end. And he can get these short dump off passes and these little five yard routes, these like sticks and uh, stops and, and choice routes and things like that. And I think he can catch them and run with the ball effectively. He's a very athletic tight end. And uh, if, you know, especially in like a PPR league will be a viable option for you. Well, thank you for coming to uh, my Dr. Freezy segment, the rookie report, the rookie checkup. Uh, this is legitimately one of my favorite ones to do. And uh, we'll see all these rookies back uh, late in the season to, to see how their ailments and diseases and, uh, everything is has checked up on the end of the season, see what I got right, see what I got wrong.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, one of my favorites as well. But uh, we're going to talk about some of our, our best and worst draft picks of the year so far. And uh, I'll go ahead and start with a guy that I uh, probably overexposed myself on and drank a lot of the Kool-Aid for this team in general. Uh, going into the preseason, and that was Jalen Hyatt, uh, kind of assuming he would run away with the Giants' wide receiver room, and that is clearly not happening because nobody in that receiver room is really doing anything, uh, and neither is anybody on that team, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, I took him in in multiple leagues, typically somewhere around pick nine. Uh, to 15, depending on the setup of the league. And just a lot of wasted bench spots on him at the moment, seeing if anything is going to happen and change with that team. Yeah, that's
2: a tough choice right there. Uh, I wasn't very high on Jalen Hyatt coming out just because I watched a lot of him at Tennessee. Um, I thought he was kind of a little one-dimensional um, so I stayed away from him, but one of my successes has been David Montgomery. Uh, he was a guy I drafted 73rd in a 12 man league. So not super late middle rounds. And, uh, he's currently RB seven right now. And as we mentioned earlier, he has been controlling that backfield with Jameer Gibbs, uh, taking a back seat, So. Very happy with what I've gotten out of David Montgomery. The t- touchdown production has been incredible. And in a half point PPR, he's averaging 19 and a half points a game. So at my 73rd pick, you know, I can't be
1: too upset about that. Well, I'm, I get missed on quite a few players. Um, but the one to me that is the most disappointing is Jahan Dotson. I took him in several leagues because I just trusted in the player and the quarterback, Sam Howell I believed in, and the new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. I believed in. And it has been really rough in the our standard formats that we, you know, look at uh for scoring. He's currently wide receiver sixty-two and hasn't missed a game. That's just not ideal. <laughs> um averaging 7.4 fantasy points, half PPR. It's not that he's looked bad. He hasn't looked like he did in the preseason where he looked fantastic, but I think just the the offense that Eric Bieniemy has installed is this is very similar to what they do in Kansas city. They just spread the ball around and it's really tough if you're not like the number one guy there. And I think that also, um, is going to segue a little bit into my another guy who I messed up and drafted quite a few times, thought he was going to be good. It's Kadarius Tony, who comes from that Chiefs team that I say loves to spread the ball around. So I think the lesson I've learned is you have to realize the the goal of the teams and what they want to do scheme-wise. And if you think there's going to be potential of of being a, a very um thin uh target share being spread out to a lot of different guys then i think those are going to be teams that i avoid drafting fantasy players from next year yeah and going
0: to someone that i was not expecting to be a, a win for me uh in that same 12 man that billy was talking about uh, just a few picks later someone that I thought was going to be kind of an RB3, RB4 type player for me uh, has turned into a top 15 guy so far in our, you know, standard half PPR scoring setup that we look at. That's been Isaiah Pacheco. I took him, like I said, five picks after Billy took his player at, you know, pick 78. And right now he's RB13 on the year. So, I mean, just uh, outstanding production and, you know, Going off of what Austin had said, that team spreads the ball out around a lot. I thought they were going to be very pass-heavy and not really get the, the rushing carries, you know, get the touches to the running backs. And even with the running back committee, they gotten Jarrett McKinnon and Clyde Edwards a layer. But they're really letting Pacheco run away with it because, I mean, I think with the way that he runs and how he, he feels, it almost seems like he's angry at the ground every time he gets the ball. Uh, just they're using how dynamic he is and you know forcing him touches in games just because he can make something happen so it's been you know something I was definitely not expecting to see this year
2: Yeah um he's looked really good but staying in Kansas City, a guy I drafted 96th overall another 12-man league. Sky Moore, um, a guy that really had a clear path to being the number one receiving option outside of Travis Kelsey. And he's had two games where he's had zero receptions so far through five. Um, He has one touchdown, and it has just been super, super disappointing to see him really not take that next step. His uh, season high on receptions is four. And uh season high in yards is seventy. So not exactly worthy of you know the ninety-sixth overall pick. He is actually currently on waivers in that league. And then another another instance I want to kind of touch on. I had the number two overall pick in a full PPR league. Obviously Justin Jefferson goes one. I took Jamar Chase number two. Now I know looking so far, you know Jamar Chase slow start to the season obviously blew up last week, but I think I should have taken Christian McCaffrey with what he does for an offense. Granted, in that league, Jamar Chase scored fifty points last week, but McCaffrey—he's the number one running back. He averages 25 points a game. I mean, I think I kind of made a mistake there based off of, you know, the depth that there is a wide receiver this year compared to running back depth. I would have rather had Christian McCaffrey over Jamar Chase.
0: Yeah, I think McCaffrey is, until he shows us that he's not him, uh, I think that he should be a top to pick probably every year until he retires mm-hmm. it just you can't argue against it at this point i've i've tried to with people uh, not on the podcast but just you know in general and i know other people have argued against it just due to you know injury history and this and that but he's him like it's just there, there's no other way to say it he will put the ball in the end zone. He will get, you know, almost a hundred yards, if not more than every game. Like he's just an un- unstoppable machine. Awesome. Do
2: you think that's on Trey Turner or Bryce there?
1: I mean Bryce has got to pick that. He's just yeah. But I mean, I think Trey needs to know his first baseman is Bryce Harper right now. <laughs> <laughs> and needs to not make sure he can do everything to not throw it in the dirt. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's Bryce's fault. Um, okay, so I'll go ahead and give a. I hit, I also hit on several players. I missed on several players. I hit on several players. It's it's the course of you know what happens when you're drafting so many leagues. But one of the ones that I'm most proud of is DeAndre Swift, and he's a player who I never gave up on. Even when he was in Detroit, I knew the talent was still there. It was mostly just opportunity, and I knew he was going to get, or I. I hoped he was going to get an opportunity in Philly. I was so sad week one when I saw Kenneth Gamewell out there as the starting running back because I just knew DeAndre Swift is better than Kenneth Gamewell. You could not convince me otherwise. And the only reason he really got a shot was due to Kenneth uh, Kenneth Gamewell being unavailable in week two. But DeAndre Swift has taken the reins and has been dominant ever since. So... Um, That's one of my uh, best draft picks. I've got him in two different leagues of my four leagues I drafted in this year. Yeah.
0: And then I'm just going to go with the the last one I wanted to highlight from my teams and the one I'm really most disappointed in myself with. Uh, and that's because I took Kyle Pitts. Mm. I, you know, I, I thought I was like, maybe this is the year I haven't had him yet. We can make it happen. You know, the team's going to turn around. They've got, a lot of good weapons are going to spread the ball around. It's going to be great. And he's still doing Kyle Pitts. Like, they're just not using him. And uh, I took him 64th in a 12-man. In a so, way, way early. Uh, like, we talked about Sam Laporta was going in the, you know, 12th or 14th round. And I decided to take Kyle Pitts in the early 6th and that was clearly a, a mistake at this point uh, because he, well, he did get the targets this past week uh, and, you know, have his clear best game of the season at 12.2 points. Uh, Everything else has just kind of been a dud. And they're going to continue to not use him. Uh, they're going to continue to not utilize Drake London to his fullest extent. And it, it's just going to be painful seeing all of that talent and potential Kind of wasted.
2: Yeah, you know it's bad when Johnny Smith is like number one tight end used in that offense. Yeah. Why, <laughs> man. Um last guy I want to hit on that was a success for me is Jacoby Myers. Uh he's currently wide receiver 18. Picked him up 97th. Uh so Really happy with him because he's currently playing as a wide receiver too. Um, big upgrade from what he was when he was with the Patriots. He's scoring touchdowns. He's getting a ton of ton of looks. He's had three games with more than ten targets so far this year. He's only played in four. So, uh, really good season so far for Jacoby Myers. He's been, you know, one of the go-to guys in that offense, and uh, really happy about that.
1: All right. So I think now I I think we should all talk about our uh, fantasy league that we do with the box score network. So yes. if you remember a few weeks ago, we had our box score draft. We posted that whole draft as a podcast episode. And uh, I think it's time to do a little review and talk about how we're doing in those leagues. So I'll go first. I am doing really well in this league. Uh, I'm six and four and obviously only in week five uh <laughs> in this league we have uh, one actual matchup against the player, which you get a win and a loss for. And then you also get one win or loss for if you are in the top half or bottom half of the league. So it's possible to go two and oh, oh and two, or one and one each week. And I'm six and four, which ties me for first in the league. There are uh four teams who are six and four. So my team consists of Jalen Hurts doing great. Love that. Austin Eckler has been hurt all year, unfortunately. He legitimately has only played in one game in which he was the running back three. So should be back this week, I hope. Looks like he's going to play. But to be tied for first with him being out as well as Aaron Jones also being out every single week except for uh, week one and then finally coming back week four but only played like one-third of the snaps that week so um yeah i'm in a really good position once i get those two guys back but in that league i also have deandre swift who i just was talking about and my other running backs are tony pollard and i ended up picking up kyron williams once i saw the writing on the wall that he was going to be the starting running back in the rams um my wide receivers I grabbed Puka, Puka Nakua as soon as I saw him start to go off. That's been great for me. I've also got Drake London, who is definitely on my short list of guys who I might be dropping soon. I picked Garrett Wilson in that league. I've got Amari Cooper and Michael Pittman. Uh, and my tight end, I'm only rocking with one right now, Dallas Goddard. I would love to pick up a second tight end. And I think, you know, if one becomes available, Drake London might get dropped for another tight end. But, um, and then my super flex. I guess uh, if you don't know, this is a super flex league. So, uh, two quarterbacks, and I I do have only two quarterbacks. They are Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. So those are my two quarterbacks I rock with every week. Uh, and my defense currently is the Eagles. Um, I really like their schedule. Uh, so I've got them through this week when they play the Jets. Next week they play Miami. I might have to look for another defense next week. But for now, I'm rocking with the Eagles' defense.
0: Yeah, so I started off really strong in this league. I started off five and one through the uh, the first three weeks, and I am now five and five. Uh, just a rough two week stretch for me. But uh, if you'll remember, I started off the draft back to back quarterback because two guys that I, I had a lot of faith. Uh, we're still available. I took Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson uh, right there at the top. And through the first couple of weeks, that was going great. Uh, obviously, Lamar struggled last week and Herbert was on by. So, you know, kind of a, a rough one 2 there. But my running backs are looking really good right now. I mean, I've got Josh Jacobs, uh, Jonathan Taylor, who's coming back healthy now, uh, Jerome Ford, who has, you know has looked good when playing now that Nick Chubb is out. And then, you know, my short list to get dropped is Jameer Gibbs at the moment. Uh he's just like Austin said, with David Montgomery going off, he's not getting the touches. So it hurts. And then my receivers, uh Jerry Judy, uh right now is on the active roster just because he is playing currently. Uh, but he is also kind of one of those ones I'm might look at potentially moving on from Keenan Allen, who's been great to pair with Justin Herbert so far this year. That has gotten me a, a lot of points. Uh, CD lamb, uh, consistent T Higgins, uh, another one that's struggling to start the year. I definitely expected a lot more from him and he's missed the last couple weeks. So that's not helping my case. Uh, Zay flowers, pairing him up with Lamar, just getting both of those little combos has been you know, enter- enjoyable, to say the least. I don't typically uh, get lucky enough to get stacks. Uh, most of our guys in our league are very weary of letting that happen, so it's, it's nice to get it when you can. And then just a guy that, you know, I know I mentioned this during the draft, but uh, Gabe Davis, who's always liable to just go off and have an absurd game every once in a while, great for this sort of league format. And then like Austin, I'm only rocking with one tight end. I've been kind of switching it around uh, at the moment. I've got Zach Ertz uh, just because he's been looking good. Josh Dobbins has been moving the ball over there. And I did pick up the Chiefs defense for this week because they're playing Denver. And I, I love that matchup. I, I don't care who it is. If they're playing Denver, I, I'll i give them a shot at least potentially, uh, depending on what the other matchups are. So rough start, but I've already had a, a couple bye weeks go through. Uh, so that'll help me out, you know, especially with some key guys like Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen that are going to be in my, you know, starting lineup probably for the rest of the season going through. So I, I'm optimistic and uh, I do happen to play Billy this week. So we've got a little tricky takes matchup going on in the BFL. That we
2: do. Um, this is the most frustrating league for me. <laughs> I am. Currently four and six. That is good for sixth place. I have the most points scored in the league and the most points against in the league. Um, I've had one loss by less than one point and another by less than two points. Uh, Last week, I scored the second most points in the league and I lost. So it has been pretty rough for me so far. Um... On my team is as follows. Uh, QB1, Justin Fields. Rough start, but he has turned it on as of late. Christian McCaffrey is my RB1. David Montgomery, who I touched on earlier, is RB2. Uh, Devontae Adams and DJ Moore are my two receivers, so I've got that stack there with Fields and Moore. Also, just rocking one tight end, Kyle Pitts. Um, So, weathering that storm currently. uh. I have Calvin Ridley. He has been up and down this year, but playing well. So I'm happy with that. New addition to the team, Matthew Stafford, while Deshaun Watson is out. Uh, So I picked up Matt Stafford to, uh, you know, kind of soften the blow of Deshaun being injured for a few weeks. Now, my defense is Buffalo. And they're the number two defense in the league right now, averaging 14 and a half points per game. So I'm happy about that. Uh bench is Nico Collins, Miles Sanders, Deshaun. I have Deontay Johnson on IR. And then the guy that's likely to hit the hay for me is either gonna be Miles Sanders or Deshaun Watson, likely. Uh both those guys have been a little disappointing for me so far. Miles Sanders hasn't scored double digits yet this year, outside of one week. Uh so not a great start to the year so far for him, and uh, I'm happy with my running backs right now. So, he might be the first guy to go if I can find a good replacement for him.
1: Yeah,
0: Miles Sanders, incredibly disappointing. Surprised you didn't
1: bring Miles Sanders up, Connor, on your worst <laughs> fantasy players. It's because the only league I had him
0: in, I had already drafted him. Uh, I, I did not manage to get him in any leagues that I drafted this year. Gotcha, and, and that is why uh, he I, he was only on some carryover dynasty teams, or just one really. And due to injury, he is now my RB two by default. <laughs> it was between From him and Damian Harris. Well, so, uh,
1: well, I do have a pending trade for Saquon Barkley for you, but we don't have yeah, to talk about that on the podcast. You know, that one, that's just a tough it's, one to make. Consider. It's a
0: hefty trade. It is a hefty trade. You know, I do want to go ahead and say it just so they can kind of see sure, what we Sure, go ahead. Let me get it back pulled up here. I mean, it is, it is a doozy of a trade. Austin has offered me Russell Wilson, Mike Evans, Saquon Barkley, and what will most likely be an... Fairly early twenty twenty four second round draft pick, and all he wants in return is Justin Herbert and Jalen Warren. I mean, it is it is hefty? He, it is he's a lot of a lot,
1: a lot of value. But I, a I lot mean, Justin, Justin Herbert himself is a lot of value. So
0: yeah, it's like does Justin Herbert outweigh? What's really Mike Evans, Saquon Barkley, and whoever I get for that second rounder? Because I, regardless of what I may have said, may or may not have stated on other podcasts, uh, Russell Wilson is not him, and no amount of Russell Sean Wilson? Payton is
1: Russell Wilson top out. ten fantasy. Let go back this year, <laughs> I mean it, their their defense is so bad that Russ has got an opportunity to actually be a reliable fantasy quarterback option. And I mean, obviously, if you got rid of Herbert, you have CJ Stroud. So Stroud would obviously be your um, quarterback two, and Russ is just there to be a quarterback three, uh, you know, for your bi week fill in.
0: No, but do I want to give up the stack of Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, who are both like 25, whenever I could potentially have them for, you know, 10 more years? This is true. That's that's where I'm at. That's where the decision boils down for me. Uh, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I say we move on to the Tricky 50. Hello, everybody. Brandon, Tim here telling you all to listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a podcast giving you the insights to help you win your fantasy football leagues. Together, we will look at everything fantasy football, from the platforms we use to navigating weekly player projections. Listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a Box Score Network podcast, We'll see you at the next episode.
0: William, since you uh, hosted last week, why don't you give us the rundown as I prepare to send you all the players for this upcoming week for bid?
2: Yeah, so last week, if you remember, was our all-rookie week. Um, So starting out with Austin's team, he had a tough week. Uh what was CJ Stroud? Anthony Richardson, who ended up getting hurt, so those points do not go to me that he missed. And then Tajay Spears. Only hit on Tajay Spears for six. Uh Stroud came short by about five and a half points. So I took six points there. Um let's see. Connor ended up with twenty three points. He took Bijan Robinson. Who missed? Zay Flowers who missed. Sam Laporta who hit, and Bryce Young who hit. So Connor ended up with twenty three. Austin, uh, was six, and then I put up twelve point two four. Brings the totals to Connor in first place at one thirty two. Austin second at one eighteen. I'm in third at sixty nine.
1: Nice. nice, nice.
0: Just like all I right. Had.
1: So, I have just
0: sent you, gentlemen, the list of players that you're going to be bidding on. So, Billy, since you have the perfect score on the season so far, and were kind enough to host last week, I will give you the first election.
2: I'm going to take Amari demarcado
0: All right. So, Amari demarcado who is thrust into a bit more of a prominent role in that Arizona rush attack with uh, James Conner going out? He's projected 9.3 fantasy points. He is playing at LA against the Rams. And I'm going to give you a deal on him at seven points. Take
2: him for seven and a half.
1: I'll go 7.9. 8, 2. 8, 5.
0: Eight eight.
1: Okay, you can have him.
0: All right. All right. Billy takes him for eight point eight.
1: Well, um, give me the guy I'm about to trade away in our dynasty league, Saquon Barkley. All right. So Saquon
0: expected to play this week. Uh he's projected thirteen point four. They're at Buffalo. And I'm going to give him to you for twelve.
1: Hmm. And I see this being a blowout and then Saquon being benched just to save his hell. so I'm going to have to pass.
2: I'll take him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Billy takes uh, for an even 12. Yeah. All right, Billy takes the second player of the day, and now it goes back to Billy.
2: Let me see my guy, Gardner Minshew
0: starting now for the Indianapolis Colts. He is projected 15.9 at Jacksonville, and I will give him to you for the low, low quarterback price of 13.5. Second four, 14. I'll
1: go 15.
2: 15.5.
1: 15.9. Um, nine No. Okay, I got him for right. his, his exact projection. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right, Austin, who would you like to see next?
1: Give me – I'll go – man, a lot of former Vikings here. I guess I've got to take at least one of them. We'll start with Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen uh,
0: having an outstanding season. He's projected 12.8 at Miami, and uh, I am not giving you much of a discount at 12.5. For a starting bid,
1: um, I still feel comfortable at twelve and a half. I'll do it. Twelve eight. Thirteen.
0: I'm all right. All right, Billy. That brings you back up.
2: Let's see. Austin Eckler.
0: Austin Eckler, another running back. Projected to start uh again this week. He has projected 16 and a half. He is playing Dallas though, and so I will give him to you
1: for 14.
2: 14.5. 14,
1: I'll go fourteen seven.
0: Fifteen two. You can have him. All right. Billy goes in for 15.2 on Eckler. All right, Austin, back to you.
1: Um, we'll go with a quarterback. Give me T Law. Do I even have enough?
0: Uh let me check and see. I've got I've got
1: twenty-one point one remaining. You do have enough. So he's projected
0: twenty and a half versus the Colts, and I'm giving them away for 19.
1: Okay, and I get this bid for free, I guess, since Billy doesn't have that much. Do I think T-Law is going to put up 19 against the Colts? I'm going to pass, actually. Okay. So, Billy, do you have
0: 19 remaining? I don't. He does not. All right, so we're going to pass on T-Law. And that comes back to you, William.
2: Let me see Elijah Moore.
0: Elijah Moore projected 9.4 versus San Francisco with P.J. Walker expected to start at quarterback this week. Uh, He is available for an entire eight
1: points. I'm good. Give me a no from me, dog.
0: (laughs) Yep. I understand. All right. Uh, Back to me. Uh,
1: Let's see what you got Josh Dobbs for. So projected 19.4,
0: like I said earlier with Amari, uh, playing at Los Angeles Rams, and I've got him for 17.
1: I... Okay, I'll do that. I'll do exactly 17 for Dobbs. And what does that bring y'all's totals to now? Billy is left with exactly 14. I have 4.1. All right. So y'all
0: both still have enough to bid on some of these guys. Billy. Rashid
2: Shahid. Best name
0: is. Shahid. He is projected eight and a half at Houston. You get him for six and a half. Just do yeah, I'll
2: stick with six and a half.
0: Austin, who would you like to see? Your remaining options are Michael Gallup has not been bid on, Darius Slayton, Dalvin Cook, Irv Smith, and Mike Kasecki.
1: Who do I think is going to be cheap enough? Um, I think Dalvin Cook should be cheap enough.
0: Dalvin Cook is cheap enough. Uh, he is projected 4.4 4 versus Philly. And I've got him on the lit board for four points exactly.
1: Four points exactly. Man, he has just been so disappointing the last few weeks. He has. I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm going to pass. Billy, would you
0: like Dalvin for
1: four points?
2: No, thank you.
0: All right. That brings it back over to you. Yeah, let's see Darius Slay on. Yep. A little fat thumb in it there. But he is projected five, uh, also at Buffalo. And again, four points.
1: Yep. Give me him for 4.1. Take him four three. Okay, unfortunate.
0: <laughs> All right, Austin, there is one more person that you have available to you. Yeah, be able to bid on.
1: Uh, Give me Mike Gusecki here.
0: Yes, projected four point four at Vegas, and he's available for a cool three and a half.
1: Yeah, I like three and a half.
0: Billy, do you have enough to uh, outbid on that? No, Billy does not. All right, so the last player going will go to Austin for three point five points. Yep. So, like I said, they did not take Michael Gallup or Irv Smith. Those were the two players left on the board. So, uh, Billy's team has Amari DiMarcario for 8.8, Saquon Barkley for 12, Austin Eckler for 15.2, Rashid Shaheed for 6.5, and Darius Slayton for 4.3. He spent 46.8 points. Austin took Gardner Minshew for 15.9. Adam Thielen for 13, Josh Dobbs for 17, and Mike Gasecki for three and a half, spending 49.4 points. So that is our show for the week. Uh, we are looking forward to being back next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll have a guest on. I think is our plan to go a bit, lot more in depth into the uh, MLB postseason and kind of what's happened so far. What's happening now is not ideal for us uh, all rooting for the Braves currently uh but you know we're we're going to pull through and finish watching this game here after this but like I said that's our show we'll be back next week check out our buddies on the uh, box score network all those great shows and uh